Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. We like that. All in one place for totally free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your cellular telephone or your computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else, those other places that podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify, and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&As and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free. Zero catch. We've been using it ever since we started How Long Gone. And ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like having the option of turning off the Q&As and the polls on the user dashboard (laughs) has really helped uh, boost my creativity and take it to another level. I highly recommend giving it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Big TJ, how you feeling, baby? <clears throat> feeling pretty good. Just finished uh, a workout, a little jump rope sesh. It's, it's been, I love that. It's been a little too long. I'm trying to get back onto my routine. It's been tough. Don't worry. When you link back up with me, I'll whip your ass into shape, you little string bean. Well, that's really the only reason why I've that uh, that's motivated me to get back on my Grussell is because I'm afraid of that, and I want to make sure that my uh, my conditioning is at least somewhat not embarrassing. Good, thank you. Well, you know, I just sorry. You know, before we got on on the phone today to record yet another episode of How Long Gone. Mm. Um, I was, uh, you know, obviously scrolling through Twitter. That's kind of what I do. And I saw that. It's what that, I do. Is I saw that Tyler Perry just went through a breakup and Jason, it was with a woman. Did you know that? <laughs> I mean, I I didn't I, know his, I, I, his sexuality either way. But even though he enjoys, I mean, I, I guess even though he, he kind of could go both ways. I always felt like he had uh, a straight man's energy. That's interesting. I guess I just assumed, which is makes an ass of you and me, you know, mm-hmm. obviously. But I, I didn't know. So is Tyler Perry a stick man? Uh, dude. Well, it, it kind of depends on. <laughs> he's rich as hell, so he's having no yeah. problem pulling tail. Obviously, it, I think it depends on what his uh, what his um, his body body count is looking like in terms of. Not a number, well, it, not a, not numerically, but you know, just what what types of ladies he's going after. I think that's well. Says it a says, lot about I mean, a man. it says it says Tyler Perry and longtime love uh, Jalila Bekele split, um, and she's like she's pretty, like she's like a beautiful black queen who looks like she would put his little ass in his place. Mm. Um. Yeah. Interesting stuff. I, I mean, well, people who have that much power and that much money, you know, they like to get stepped on, don't they? That's true. She's definitely putting on the the Manolos and stepping on his little nuts. You know what I mean when the when the door is closed. Um, <laughs> some other breaking, some other news on 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 Twitter dot com today that sent me reeling is this Spin Magazine uh, putting Run the Jewels on the cover as Artist of the Year, which is just like, man, really, guys. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, did they come out with a record this year? I'm sure they did. You know, RTJ4 or some other inventive title. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, this this podcast has been anti um, RTJ from from the jump. I don't know why or what about them bugs us so much. Um, well, you know, you know our luckily we to don't... all the Jeff Def Jucks daddies out there listening. <laughs> yeah, no offense to our Def Jucks listeners. It's just I don't know what it is either about them that is just so deeply lame to me. Mm. I, I honestly I can't you know, place it. Killer Mike, I guess he kind of possesses that quest love energy that I think that we both kind of find annoying. Where it's like we can't necessarily pin it down, but it's kind of like when you're when you're the scholar of something you you care about it and you're so close to it that it's almost inherently impossible to not have a corny outlook on it because you're just so it's just, just like you know it's like you, you can't be a guy who like collects model trains and be and still be cool like you just have to kind of like you, you you give yourself to the craft so much that you're just like, uh, 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 what do you mean you can't do that? Or like uh, it's all about the freaking so... hip hop roots and I'll freaking but but like none of them. But they're all just like nerdy like um, like message board kind of guys at the end of the day, you know. I just I I'm just it's been a tough day online is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? I but, know I but... know. Well, don't worry. The two, 2020 is almost done, and we're, you're going to stop seeing people listing all of their accomplishments of on this dumpster fire of a year <laughs> do you know you know what i'm talking about though when people are like it's mostly writers of course that like do a 20 20 post twitter thread about all of the stories they wrote it's like guys i like i follow you i already saw this when you did it the first time like right, what do right, you, right. I, I don't i, I just don't get it. I, I just it feels pointless to me to me it feels like you're trying to do a pinned tweet for the entire year <laughs> but yeah. it, but it's also kind of like i mean every every creative industry seems to have a little bit of that like the year is over here's all the stuff that i've done and i want to sh- find out a way to share it with the world so like um my life partner every at the end of every year she will create like a, a little handmade zine out of all of her you know commercial and editorial work that she's done over the year and she'll kind of present it in a cool interesting way and then send it out to all of her, you know, friends and family and clients that she worked with over the year as a little like, here's what we did. Yeah, that's that's here's different, Jason. That's, but but that's what I'm good. saying, that's, that's the same. That's the same energy that people have. But people who only exist on Twitter are just like, I guess I will just, you know, retweet all of the stuff I already tweeted this year, which which what seems if I, lazy. What- what if I went back and maybe just did the the top ten performing tweets of twenty twenty and then just reposted them all? You know what I mean? Maybe that's yeah, maybe that's, that's cool. Maybe I should maybe I should just become part of the discourse instead of against it. So 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 so. <laughs> okay, well I I know you were you were referring to people who are just kind of like running down the laundry list of all the things that they did. In, uh, you know, in terms of like work related, like I wrote an I interviewed, you know, Naomi Osaka and, you know, for this thingy. And then I did, but I'm more interested in the people who list kind of their, their tiny victories of the year of like, finally cleaned out that garage that's been bugging me or like whatever it is that's because that's your blue collar sticking out because <laughs> no, that's I'm, what, I'm not that's saying what you would do. i'm not saying i like that i find i'm saying i find that to be even more pathetic and twisted which makes me want to kind of read more of them as possible you're just like i i got 
like my uh, I've been working on my Japanese. Like I'm not fluent, but like I, I'm really proud of where I'm at. Like or like I wanted to I read all don't. the blank blank books or you know all that shit. Did you finally finish the Harry Potter series this year, Jason? Is that what you're saying? Bro, Batman never read, especially Harry Potter. Come on, dog. It's it's just crazy out here, man. I just you know I'm, I'm having a t- I'm a, I'm a having a tough time. Well, um, the year's but, almost done. Don't worry. And then yeah, Jason, TJ that's, that's is going to be touching of, down. Don't worry. That's another line of thinking. Is that like. You know, guys, things don't get better because the calendar changes. That's not like a real thing. Like, like the the climate of the universe does not s- mm-hmm. s- like s- systemically shift because the calendar turns over and we go from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one. That's not mm-hmm. how things work. Well, you know, depending on what spiritual plane you're operating on, Chris, it just might. Good point. Good mm-hmm. point. Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe, in, maybe in your pragmatic, literal, binary world, that is correct, but. You know, depending on how much tree you're you're puffing every day, you could Good you could point. be living on altered altered states. I'm um I'm so after we finish this podcast, I'm going to meet a new friend for a coffee. Um, okay, very so, ex- this sounds I'm like very, Jerry Jerry Seinfeld so far. Go ahead. I'm very I'm very excited because he's the he's like the southern staff writer for the New Yorker. Mm. Uh, which is some, a job. His name is Charles uh, Bethia. I didn't know it existed, but we're friends on Twitter. And I just really want like all the all this political stuff, all the Senate stuff that's happening in in, in Georgia and Atlanta mm-hmm. specifically is is really hitting right now. So I think I'm going to get a line a line in from a fucking insider. And you know I love that. Mm. So he so he is the the Southern correspondent for the New Yorker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like all, say, he writes, all things, or is it political specifically? Um, it's mostly political from what I've seen, but that also could just be mm-hmm. because of the climate right now. But he, uh, I've been following him for a while. He he goes on CNN too as a talking head and stuff. I just mm. he, it's just really, I just love to be on the inside of anything, as you know. So it's it's uh, yeah, the, hearing and this also kind of feels a little bit like a a CB future dream job. Am I wrong? Um, unfortunately, I'm probably not qualified for that. Uh, look, as who a look? I'm, I'm lowly podcaster, Chris. It's called a dream job, you know. Some, oh, I some see. people's dream no, jobs no, no. are to be freaking LeBron James. No, I can't be tethered to the machine like that. Just hacking away as a as a full time. Yeah, but reporter. the but the duality of New Yorker cultural elite mixed with that little bit of that Southern charm. And that sounds like you, you shake those things up into a little rocks glass, and boy, you got yourself a nice glass of sweet tea. <laughs> that's, that's I'm a, a big city rider for the New Yorker. You're getting really excited about your about this trip. I can tell. Mm-hmm. We've already started. We've started planning. We've started planning the Christmas menu. I'll need to get your feedback on it. Oh, can you drop any any sneak peeks on the on the pod right now? Well, obviously there there is lobster, and there's some sort of uh, uh, you know uh, mm, gifts turf from to the go, sea. To go, to, some type of surf. turf <laughs> to go with the surf but uh other stuff i mean the pies have been ordered um mm. caviar is in the fridge ready to put on top damn. of a ruffle damn we had a, we um, had a good year over at the black house okay we was reporting, re- voting republican do pay off i <laughs> <laughs> don't do that uh but mm-hmm. but yeah, so it's coming together. I'll send you a note after Alex wrote all down today, so we have a full all list. Right. Since, um, since my to, to, my life partner is a by POC, is that going to be an issue, or will she have to eat well, in the car? How does this work? 
she we have a separate table set up for her um so it's it's fine maybe she can zoom her family or something Look, from that table i don't know don't throw her in i don't the know what corner i don't know what they do on christmas you know what i mean i don't know if they do something different <laughs> you but <people>. uh <laughs> no 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 please we're the black household is is quite inclusive and welcoming of all people you, of all shapes and sizes. yeah 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 mama black with arms wide open is coming through yeah, with the with the caviar on decky scott stapp voice my mom has definitely never tried caviar so this is going to be interesting really why um, did it why did why did we break it out did you have a coupon? Well, I, it was sent it was sent to me by a client as a gift oh. um so so what it's, a what it's a, just a cool nice client gift i gotta say i know it's it's a young cool guy too i was it, it feels like a gift you'd get from your 50 year old lawyer but this guy's mm-hmm. like a you know 25 year old in demand graphic designer it's very it's very cool mate um yeah i mean that's great and i can't wait to eat his eggs but we might have to put you i i want to find a job for you because i don't like to you know i know you're going to be straight off the plane but i don't like when there's a kitchen and there's stuff being cooked and tj in the mix so do you i mean do you do you okay need, well are you saying do you want a night off like do you because i would give it to you but i also don't want to, your skills to go to waste you know chris you know i never there i never want a day off when it comes to kitchen kitchen cookery you know damn well great i can't you know yeah. I, um it will be tough i will be coming all right off the plane it'll be home court disadvantage for tj but it would, uh, it would, it would we don't also have, be my honor to devil a couple eggs over there at the Black House. We don't have a wolf range or a sub zero, but there is a double oven, which I feel like is a nice, you know, it's, it's not nothing. No wolf at all. And there's nothing we can do about that. <laughs> the, 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 the timeline. Chris, Chris, we have a week. So if you could just, I don't know what you got to do to figure it out. Look, uh, no, look, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we got a week. We'll we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this off pod, but we'll get we'll get a mm-hmm. menu plan going. But we do we do have a guest today, a fucking legend, Jason. I love I love when we bring legends onto this yeah. this lowly podcast. Um, <laughs> you you might know him from Youth of Today, Gorilla Biscuits, Quicksand, Civ, Rival Schools. Uh, his name is uh, Walter Schreifels, um, a New York hardcore legend, a real sweetheart of a guy. Um, he he is probably upstate, snowed in right now, but we're going to give him a little jingle, uh, check in with him, see what he's been up to, uh, hopefully get some stories from the good old days. Um, and mm. just before he, before he comes on, this guy looks young as fuck. He looks great. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's 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 definitely like when I was like a little kid – I was listening to his music as he was touring around in a band, and him and I for sure looked to be the same age. It's crazy. He was it's, born it's in like 1969. He doesn't, damn. I mean, he doesn't, you know, he, is he an edge man or no? I believe so, which is clearly. Yeah, he, he, lives, he lives a poison-free lifestyle. He's mentally, um, physically, and spiritually straight on and whereas my mind has been truly muddied by drugs and alcohol over the years yeah, yes it has your mind is yet i still wasted. maintain the straight edge uh sure let's give him a call <laughs> bye-bye hey jason we all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on you're eating at restaurants you don't want to eat at all the time to appease myself and others mm-hmm. um but when it comes to your health health there's no compromise so don't go back to that one doctor who use your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines, their family group chat, their crossword puzzles, just because they're available right now or because they take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. 
And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors very close to you and instantly book appointments with them online. Just like when I'm looking for new shoes on my sites, you can filter specifically, see which doctors take your insurance located near you maybe find a doctor that's far away from you for personal reasons you don't want to disclose i use zocdoc and you should too go to zocdoc.com slash how long and download zocdoc for free then find and book a top-rated doctor today that's z-o-c-d-o-c dot com slash how long zocdoc.com slash how long how long gone is brought to you by neutrophil as you know you know hair thinning is quite complicated like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh. And internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead. Give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster growing hair. With considerably less shedding. Thank God. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code HOWLONG, all one word. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> dot com promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com promo code how long. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way, and that's with Babbel. One in five Americans uh, have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Chris and I are going to the country of Georgia in a month or so, and they have a very unique language. And I will be using Babbel to try and just get a little bit of action so I can know how to order my uh, cold, my cold brew lattes and things like that in a way uh, that's actually science-based. Don't spend hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Use Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons. They're handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new lingo in as little as three weeks. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash how long. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash how long, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash how long. Rules and restrictions may apply. Babel. Hey, fellas. Looking big, good, baby. How are you? Walt, big wall in the building. Just drink it up. Here it is. We were, <laughs> we, were, we were literally just talking about this in our intro, but I, what, what are the secrets to, to aging the way you have? Because, I mean, I, obviously the poison-free lifestyle must help, but there's got to be some other tips and tricks you could offer us. Oh, yeah. The poison-free thing definitely helps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that stuff, all the poisons. Uh, water. Because if anyone, any poison comes in, the water just rinses it right back out. That and also, you know, I took an oath uh, to the youth crew, uh, and that still is, is, is working out. 
<laughs> so you're saying the oath to the youth crew is actually a blood pact to keep you young. Yeah, I mean, if you, you know, you're young and you don't think it's a serious thing, but then you take it. And, you know, I'm one of the first people to have taken Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It literally like has the word youth in the name. You know what I mean? It's 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 a fountain of youth. Early on, you know what I mean? Like uh ma- you know the the power of of manifestation of of mental. Yes. You know, I want this. I've and, read and the that- secret, Walter. I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> yes, about. Yes, we're from- <laughs> so, do you know or are you able to repeat the the youth crew oath? Do you have that memorized? Uh, well, you know, I'm or being. Is, is it such, or is it something that is it is it exactly. lyrics from? Is it lyrics that you wrote at some point, or is this is this something else? The ones that I would think of would be, um, I'm I'm probably referencing Youth of Today's song, Youth of Today, which is the you know like any good hardcore yes. worth their salt bunch of songs, but one of their songs should actually be their mission statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. You know, like uh, BC Boys have a really awesome one. Uh, Gorilla Biscuits, my own band, took took the cues, and we I, we have a, a really good one. Youth Today's one was really cool in that it um it's just such a good sing along, and it really just lays down. You know, if you if you're uh, in your teenage mind, it's still in my own in my middle aged mind. You know, like a clear political uh, ethical message, and I, I think the lyrics I go something like uh, uh, I don't know. I have to I have to look it up, but it's it's basic stuff. It's basically you know, take care of your health, uh, try not to screw people over. Probably is is sounds a little corny. I, I had to look up the lyrics, but um, but I think if you if you melted it down. I do think that there's something about it, even though I, I don't feel myself totally defined by that experience. But I do feel that I reap a lot of the um, th- that it's it set a positive intent at a young age, w- which is cool. And I'm not saying like I give you guys compliments or something. I'm not saying that I have anything that other people can't find in other ways. But I, when I look back on it, I think at a time when a lot of people, you know, when you're at that age of um, you're a teenager, so you're kind of like stronger and you have some independence and you have a lot of that brain faculty. I mean, you might have your childhood traumas, but you haven't, you're not as aware of them. Mm-hmm. So you have this sort of agency that kind of, it's a sort of a magical time of discovering that, that personal agency, maybe, maybe at, at a time when you're strong enough and independent to put that I in. Agree. I, I agree with well, you hundred percent. Before the, the crippling grip of adulthood realizations yeah. have taken hold and you kind of, and you lose a little bit of that youth. It's going to drag you down the stairs, kids. <laughs> wow. And that's it. And that's if you're not drinking or using drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're also getting drunk, then it's really going to drag you down those stairs and kick you a few times as well. Yeah. So I think at that, at that moment that I, you know, of course, like the, I sometimes think, oh, I probably missed out on a lot of fun times too, you know, like. You did. Exactly. <laughs> mm, yeah. But at the same time, like I'm grateful for that uh, perspective at, at that time, and um, and I always, you know, even though I'm not actively proselytizing straight edge lifestyle or right now, uh, I think it informs, like, it, you know, I, I feel like I'm still more straight edge than some of these guys that are claiming it now. Let's see how you do when you get to the point of life that I'm at, you know. Mm. I mean, life's ills come at you a little differently. Yeah, I completely walk, agree. Walk, walk me through some of your adulthood temptations. Uh, I mean, I don't think that mine are any special, but I think you see the you view as you go through life. I think 
the time that we're talking about, I think you have a real, um, I think you have the mental acuity to really put your finger on a lot of the bullshit that's going to come your way. Mm. And I think you're in a, in a good position because you don't have a sort of a track record that, or if you do, it can be easily expunged due to, to due to, you know, youth and inex- inexperience, but you know, there's all kinds of stuff that's going to come your way. You're going to have to deal in, with relationships with different people. Life is going to challenge you. And, all, and um, that might break some of your idealism. And I, I don't think that that means that you need to sell out what makes you you. See, it's very hard for it's very hard for me in my late 30s to not be pretty cynical most of the time. You know, you know what I mean? Like I try to, I try to let things breathe and, and, and be what they are and understand that sometimes it's not for me, but it's also like, that's stupid is my, is my, almost my initial instinct 80% of the time, mm. which I I've gotten better about, I think in the last couple of years, but is that something you've suffered from as well? Or do you keep a pretty, is the PMA still strong? Uh, I mean, PMA, I think is a nice thing to kind of dip back into when you're feeling uh garlic to a vampire or something like that it's mm. like it's like some sort of concept that you can say okay i'm looking at it in a negative frame and maybe if i in a different frame maybe it, it, it it's not going to weigh me down as hard mm. and and even through your own life you may be shitty to someone and you may never even know really? it so like oh wow i was shitty to that i, I didn't behave oh for sure the way that I, I felt I should have. And then how do you then kind of bring that into your experience moving forward, you know, and how, how do you... No, I mean, you have to that? you have to learn from all of that. No, absolutely, you have to learn but from But also, all Chris, that. you I, could argue, or may, not argue, but say that maybe you having that kind of hating things or thinking things are dumb mentality has been your your secret sauce or your thing or, you know, the product that you give to the world. It's maybe you should double down and and uh accept the fact that you have that opinion and people like it and, and i think a, a certain people's brand of cynicism can be uh very helpful you know it's coping you know and and uh in my circles there's a lot of discussion of of pma like keep the pma and and i think that people kind of hold it like uh yeah like a crucifix against vampires mm-hmm. in a way uh, PMA isn't going to really solve all your problems. You know what I mean? So, uh, being an adult is complex and it's not because being an adult is, is, uh, some sort of thing that's bad. It's like the human experience. And as you go through life, you're going to encounter even a lot of the same situations, but because you've lived longer, it's upon you to handle them in a better way. If you're mm-hmm. trying to, if, if you're going to play the game well, because uh, at the very least you should know what won't work. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and and even if you don't know what will work, try to come at it from a different angle to see how that experience could then uh, improve you for the the next thing. I mean, that's, you know, maybe idealistic there, but, I, you know, I came up in the youth crew movement, bro. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, I I don't think some, I I think a a nice little dose of idealism is good for all of us, to be honest. I I think it, 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 but it does feel, um, it does feel youthful in a way that, you know, you, you just haven't been beaten down by society yet. Like, like you're saying, it's, that's a hundred percent the truth. That's a hundred percent the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you guys asked me, what's my secret? You know, you were <laughs> mm-hmm. true. This is why we, this is why we podcast Walter. Don't get, don't get us wrong. This is, this is why we podcast. Are you, are you upstate? Did it blizzard for you? It did. It's beautiful out here. You know, uh, it, it's, 
my wife and I went out last night. So awesome, you know, because the snow is so white, so the it's reflecting up and up here you just get a sense of I don't know when I'm up here I always think about and this maybe sounds corny but I think of the Native Americans and the people that lived in this land before all this stuff was here that just I just trip out on that on on uh you know that people would just live in this uh you know full yeah. silence like removed just that people you know in the last couple hundred years our uh, culture has done its damnedest to like beat nature down. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, I'm just stepping outside of my house and in my yard where this white is just like the light is reflecting up everywhere. And um, I'm just thinking of all the critters. Like, I don't know. If <laughs> it sounds very peaceful. And as a, as a person who um, doesn't really like nature, did you come to this later in life or were you always drawn to it? I am, I think I'm, He's just always loved critters in general. Okay. Yeah, you're critters. <laughs> Big critter guy. Dude, I mean, you know, we, we'd love to look at them. They're just little sweet guys. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I guess, you know, I grew up in, in Rockaway Beach. So being near the ocean, I have a different nature appreciation. But up here, uh, you know, since COVID, I've been, I've been living up here since March. And um, so watching just the actual full cycle of the uh, – of the seasons up here and New York is just so awesome for its range of, of seasons. Uh, it's, it's, I've grown a deeper connection and, and appreciation for it. And, uh, I don't, I don't know that it's like veering into wow, man, nature hippie thing. That's not even bad if it were that way. Like, Mm -hmm. You know how we're made of water and like, you know, the moon cycles and goes through, you know, all that kind of thing. Well, if you're immersed in nature, you start to attune to it and you uh, appreciate the slowness of it, you know, coping with all this stimulation that is like uh, kind of man, man-made man consumerist ideolo- ideology hitting you all the freaking time. There's no ideology up here, man. It's just critters. They're trying to live. <laughs> <laughs> just critters trying so, to go about their day so you 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 when you're upstate you get to experience you know america before it was you know taken away by consumerism and and, and humankind fucked it in the ass uh yeah you're I mean, that pure uncut raw dog nature and life i appreciate and, I, and i'm not saying you know i i just of the of the mind of like i accept what what's kind of the, the hand that we're dealt right now like i i don't think that we can go back to be like native american people and whatever they did and i'm sure native american lives had their problems too but just the you know taking a break like for example my uh, ig account got hacked so i'm not on ig right now uh wait by by a by a bot or like a, a fan looking to do wrong Instagram sent me this message and, and um, that I had a copyright issue. I should have known better. And, and come, on, come on, Walter. You've been in this game for too long to have a copyright issue. Come on. I don't want to get sidetracked too hard on it. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm upset. I'm annoyed about this whole bullshit of not being on IG. But at the same time, I'm also um, – I, I can feel a bit of, of, of uh, space opened up in my consciousness that while I, I do miss, you know, looking into my friends' lives and knowing that they're okay or whatever's going on with them, and you know, maybe I'll put out my own message and people say, "Oh, yeah, great," you know, that kind of thing. I don't think that's bad, but just not having that, I'm aware of other things, and and that's what. Well, how like, much time? How much time are you spending on the computer, though? You, you don't seem like a guy who has to be tethered to the machine. 
I my screen time is way fucking up, obviously, but that's that's for me a little bit of a, a that's just how it is, and I don't ever think about kind of taking a break because I don't I, I'm I'm afraid of what would happen. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> what do you what do you think would happen, Chris? I just don't. I think it would honestly be like a full weird detox, like the same way it was for drugs. Like I think I would literally go through withdrawals. I think it's that. I, I do think it's actually that serious. Yeah. Like not to dramatize, not to dramatize it, but I do think it's as real as people say it is. One hundred percent. Yeah. We all suffer from it. Even people who are not as you know, they're not on a two pack a day habit like you are, Chris. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, but I think that like, this is just it though. This is, this is not only our social lives, but this is our job, you know? So it's like, how much, how much separation can you really have from it? It, it like mm-hmm. w- when you have to do it to make money, it's like, it's such a slippery slope. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the experience that we're, we, we all have to deal with, you know, there, there's no way, like on the one hand, you know, with my IG being hacked, I'm totally fine with it right now. But it's also business, you know what I mean? So, like, we're all involved in this interconnectivity, in interconnectivity through the computer that, you know, we just don't know what it's doing to us, you know, in, in you know, unless you're old enough to know the difference, you know, between, like, the kind of phone, if you experience the kind of phones that you have to spin around and do that, then, <laughs> then maybe you can see some sort of evolution in your own life of how that's different. But, um, yeah, that, that's our world. We can't just like, Oh yeah, I'm not into computers. Now I'm into nature. Like, (laughs) you know what, this computer thing, I'm over it, bro. I'm going back to the trees, man. I I do say it, you know, that would be cool. And if everyone had an agreement, if there was some sort of like, you know, movement, I don't want to say Luddite, but some sort of back to the land sort of movement, like where we all just bring in our computers and throw them on a big heap and bury them or something. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm enough people did it i would do it too but the problem is is that the people that don't do it are going to be you know rooking us every chance they get it's true we would we would lose that battle unfortunately we would definitely lose that battle were you you had did you have plans to tour this year and stuff that got sidetracked or were you or were you writing or something oh yeah I, i mean i was booked through next year I think it's like everybody, I think, and I'm probably like a lot, but I, I know that I'm a lot better off than many people. Uh, you know, if you work in, in the, in the, you know, I do work in the bar industry essentially, but uh, my uh, engagement with it is more uh, kind of here and there, you know, uh, it isn't like I'm there every night. So uh, yeah, I had a lot of shows booked and uh, you know, so there's a bit of a financial hit to that, but sure. uh, you know, luckily I, I'm, I'm okay financially. And, um, and as far as like my experience of not engaging or playing shows or, or that kind of social aspect and also that, you know, the part of you that, 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 that my identity is, is. Yeah, rapid. for sure. I mean, you've been doing this since you were a kid. I mean, it's like literally your life. Hmm. You know, I'm always going to the fucking airport. I hate going to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Walter airport sounds pretty good right about now, doesn't it? But I, I would get a <laughs> kick out of the airport now. Yeah, exactly. I love the airport. It's a weird thing about me. I, I show up early. I like to sit. I think it's the true cross section of, of, of society. Like, I think it's where you see, see people at their worst and the biggest mix of people that you can see is at the airport, I think, mm. in, in America. It is a fascinating space for sure. And when, when you're flying internationally too, I love when you end up where you can't really 
go into the country, but you're in this other like holding zone. Yes, yes, yes. Purgatory. It's, uh, I like being in that zone, you know, and I think we call that, I think we call that international waters actually. Yeah. Maritime law applies there, my friend, but that also has a dark side of it called customs where, uh, they make you sit for 11 hours and go through your luggage a bunch because they think there's drugs in there. A problem that you might not have as much as others. Oh. Oh, no. If you got cords, bro, you got problems. <laughs> yeah. Especially post-9-11 uh, because they were just, you know, as a matter of uh, mm-hmm. of they just had to do it. I, I had There's a, a thing. Um, I don't know if you, you guys are guitar players, but uh, fa- there's a thing called Fast Fret, which I, I – I don't know. Someone, oh, I'm familiar with. I didn't know you were shredding like that. No, dude. I don't know where I got fast. <laughs> it was from actually because my tech got put put it on. Fast fried is like the sort of grease. Yeah. That sort of cleans them, but it substitutes the dirt with this kind of like slimy. It's it's like uh it's like waxing a curb before you grind it on a skateboard, perhaps. Yeah. Good good analogy. Um. I shred. I shred. <laughs> <laughs> fast fret is similar to a chemical they use in bombs. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, when they, they went through everything for, for, for me, and it was like, uh, and you, I don't know if this is true for you guys, but whenever I get stopped, which I don't really get stopped too often, even though I have long hair. Um, mm-hmm. Goddamn hippies. Yeah, you know, maybe they just, they, they can feel my peace vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you look like you're holding, I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> in my my greasy uh (laughs) vibe right now but um yeah just do you ever feel like when they stop you like i'm always like fuck what did i do wrong what do i have i must have always always i i i'm always thinking i'm i think for years of being guilty that now that i'm not i say this all i tell this to jason you know as a former drug user i i love to speed now in rental cars because i don't have anything on me so it's like if you pull if you pull me over yeah, give me a fucking ticket, losers. I don't care. I'm not going to jail. You yeah, know what I mean? I, that, I used to, I, I used to feel that same way when I would finally pay my car registration and have my tags be up to date and be like, I'm, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Ah, it's, you feel like you're above the exactly. law. But yeah, I think that um, I, I do. I, this just happened to me recently with a candle at LAX. The bomb squad came over for a candle, and it was the same feeling where it's like. Shit! Did I, what did I do? I don't. I'm sure I did something wrong. Like it's this guy's like swabbing me. When when you got authority breathing over you, I'm just thinking. I don't know. I, maybe I smell like it. Who knows? It, it, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I've been I've been hanging out with Jason too much. I smell like it. This is what yeah. ha- this is what happens, Jason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you have truly you have have you played basically everywhere that you can think of. There's a couple of places I I still never played Russia. What what country what country gets the biggest you know re- gives you the biggest reaction when you guys are playing? Uh, different for different bands. Um, yeah, let's go let's go through the list. Actually, I think this is really interesting. So, wh- which name a band and then name the be- the best international territory for that band? Mm. Okay, well, I mean, most of them are going to be it's going to be Los Angeles and New York. Any one of these bands, we're like, we're, we're talking sure. we're talking foreign countries only. I guess, you know, Gorilla Biscuit does really well, pretty much, or, or it does really well for, for the, you know, the, the world. You know, Gorilla Biscuits is really kind of a special thing because it exists within um, more than a music genre. It's like an actual kind of community organization, which is yeah. the, It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle, and, and it's like anywhere in the world. 
we were very fortunate where we can go and bring people together. And that, that is amazing. That's not true for say quicksand uh, who do really well, do best in the United States and, you know, capital city around the world. Like we can play, you know, quicksand to- gives me like a Germany vibe. Do you guys do, were you guys successful in Germany? We did what we do. Well in Germany, although, you know, the thing with quicksand, and I think this is like a, uh, I think we zigged when we should have zagged in, in certain respect. And, and, and so we went over to Germany the first time in Europe. But when we got signed to a major label, we just bypassed that, that world. And um, we ended up just like opening up for big bands and big clubs. So we kind of like, not uh, by any sort of uh, intent, but just by getting swallowed up into this kind of big corporate yeah. world, we kind of bypassed the actual people that, are, are the kind of people that um, went on to be, you know, movers and shakers in a scene and that lineage that Gorilla Biscuit still, although Gorilla Biscuit wasn't even playing, still thrives within. And I think Quicksand, uh, I, I wish that we had spent more time in the spots, to be honest. Well, Quicksand, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Is that what we're saying? Uh, I think <laughs> I'm totally content with how it all played itself out, but I can see from looking back, other bands eating quicksand's lunch because they were they they traveled uh, in Germany fucking opening for living color what what was the point of that <laughs> but, and i enjoyed that experience quite a bit but you know but it wasn't in a van in europe you know those that has more cultural impact moving forward was quicksand your first experience with a major label though Yes, actually, my that was the first time I got signed, and to me, yeah, that was just crazy. I mean, the, the music that I was making, <laughs> I didn't see it as popular music at all. You know, I was just doing this. It's not that I didn't appreciate what was happening. I really loved the travel. I loved being with my friends. I loved being creative, but I didn't see it as um, I, I didn't see it necessarily as art at that time. I mean, I didn't see it as a viable career path either. So but, you're saying during the whole time, so you get this major label deal, you guys are doing, you know, 120 minutes or whatever, and you still never saw it as like a career path. No, I didn't, you know, or art with a major label. I was where I had been living, you know, in an apartment with two of my other friends that was probably like, you know, 600 square foot apartment and paying, you know, $200 rent or something like that, living pretty low, but happy, uh, <laughs> you know, not being able to pay the electric bill and that kind of shit to where I had, oh, fuck, I got an, I got my own apartment. You know, I got a little bit more um, sort of cachet in some, some the way. Good li- the good life, baby. That's what happens when you sign on the dotted line. You can order as many videos from Blockbuster as you please. Yeah. Willing to play the late fee. That was, yeah, I, I, I was legit. I had a credit card, you know, things that like, <laughs> you know, just a year before, like, uh, yeah, these were markings of, 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 of success. And, and, uh, so you were also a goddamn sellout though, weren't you? I, I, <laughs> I struggled with that very hard, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it, no joke. Like, especially at that time, the scene that I had come up in, I mean, especially as a, as a, uh, a kind of, devotee of the uh kind of ian mckay discord school of thought you know where music shouldn't be commodified that weighed on me very heavily it just was kind of overwhelming there was band meetings it was like dude i don't think we should we should sign to a major label 
As a matter of fact, I want to start a noise band. I wanted to like get away from it, which was um, in in hindsight, I could look at look at it from a way uh, more measured to be like it doesn't have to be all. You don't have to be your idealized Noam Chomsky vision of what Mackay would be. Yes, mm-hmm. or be you know in some noise band that no one cares about except for this but making music for a living i mean that seems like the goal for anybody kind of if if that's what you're doing you know what i mean if that's what you're if if you want to be making music if that's what makes you happy then making a living doing it is kind of a dream and it's it's rare for almost everyone you know it it doesn't happen to most people it was it was hard for me to fight that argument you know and so that's why ultimately you know through Probably, you know, my girlfriend at the time going, dude, you know, it's not going to work out for with us if you're the fucking stupid noise. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we've all we've all had that. We've all had that discussion Mm. with with different terms thrown in. But it all we've all had that talk in this in this. You ain't getting no pussy unless you start doing these corporate gigs. You know, I've heard that before. (laughs) Exactly. We got (laughs) if Amazon calls, we answer it, baby. All right. Quicksand is playing. Well, Walter, uh, Walter, have there? Do you have any examples of of artists or bands that you feel like have been able to do it, you know, the right way? Like, in you know, they've they've found that success, they've used a major label, but they've still stayed true to them to themselves. I mean, other than Moby, absolutely. And, and I think it's not only happening in music. You know, a lot of my friends that are in media, you know, are are faced with those kind of things. You know, or like. Mm-hmm you know, uh, tech or something like that, you know, all these companies are fucked up, you know, if, if you dig deeper into it and you don't want it and you don't want to participate in a fucked up system because of how you nurtured your skills and your point of view was through a certain kind of ideology or idealism. And you don't want to lose that spark. But I, I think that there's good people who can manipulate the system. Just doing it your way, Frank Sinatra style. Yeah, you're playing the game. It's like a game that the, my daughter loves, uh, the show Survivor. Maybe that's not even a good example. No, but but you, like when you can see a contestant on Survivor where you're like, oh, this person loves the game itself and they believe that the way you play it, there's, there's an art to it in, in itself. They appreciate the game and like because you have to deal with certain things, you, you're still the person you are at home. And Survivor's a fucking game. But anyway, uh, you know, for example... Uh, like, okay, Radiohead, uh, let's just go straight to the top. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a fan, but here's a band that, you know, was kind of thrown out there, signed a major label deal. I don't know what their ideology was or if they had conflicts about it or if they thought they were going to go to the top. When they reached their uh, successful, popular, and respected artistic band, and then they kind of had this massive, popular, you know, miracle of circumstances to where, like, everyone in the popular mind agreed to it, where they were rich and could do whatever the hell they want instead of just, you know, churning out whatever the hell had gotten them there. They, they've continued to arc in their own creative way. And, and by doing that artistic level, but on a, on a uh, business level, you know, I'm sure they've been written about in like Forbes magazine for like, yeah, I, mean, I remember they were one of the first bands to sell their album independently on their own website, just to like to buy the MP3s. And they were like, yeah, we, we don't need a label because we just made $3 million in 10 minutes selling our album on Radiohead.com. That's amazing. So th- there, there's a great example. And, and you know, the, the, the kind of 
Ian Mackay model, they're they're kind of a uh, a unicorn, though. You know, like in, no, in a, totally. That's that's impossible, almost impossible to replicate. Yeah, I could mean, you just, for our listeners at home who aren't familiar with the Ian Mackay model or or Discord records or anything like that, they would they would sell. They would have a thing that said like, "Don't pay more than what was it five dollars five dollars for this, for record? this yeah. record." Shows were always five dollars too. Yeah, I mean they're very ethically minded and very phil- you know ideologically driven in 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 a way that treats the music uh with respect as of you know valuable art in in a way but not in in an overtop in, in a very kind of uh egalitarian way really to to be admired and to be learned and to uh factor into your business model but if you're not making money you're worried about money and if you're about money you're not um you're you're creating you're creating art from a place of commerce exactly it's, it's it's a difficult it'll crush you capitalism's out out to get you you know so i, I think <laughs> but like um, a bad like let's take fugazi for example fugazi's been like very yeah. successful i would say for like an underground you know quote-unquote band were they on discord the whole time fugazi were on were on discord the whole time and, and of course like when nirvana hit there was definitely you know people throwing all kinds of money at them and and as, as an example to to kind of extrapolate to like i, I guess the point i was trying to make before just like the people within the major label system there were people that were in a and r positions that had been hired by people above them that didn't know who the fuck Fugazi was. They didn't know any, they didn't understand it. They hired these hotshot kids, gave them credit cards to figure it out for them. Okay. So the reason they got those jobs, because they might've like written a fanzine. They might've understood why this movement was important and why it was going to be the thing for the next, whatever, few years. So they were throwing probably Fugazi like, Ian, we will give you one million dollars. <laughs> yeah, a million. Let's go. <laughs> and the people who were hit probably knew not to even call him on that. And thank God Ian doesn't need a a, a yacht or anything like that to, to yeah, validate he's not, his success. No, and he, he's very successful, but he yeah, he's not like that's not what feeds him. I think what feeds him is the success of uh, his own philosophy and the the never ending fun in like trying to create new music and 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 put things into the world and and see what comes back and I, I think that that's he's an example for that. It is pretty crazy though to think about the fact that this guy literally created a way of living for for I mean for not to dramatize it but he really did like a way of living that is is now you know whatever I don't know how old but it's it's lived on generationally i can't imagine what that feels like it's such a crazy it to me it's it's the the weight of it is even greater than like you know when someone's written a hit song that's just truly like last the test of time i can't imagine what it feels like he's sort of unprecedented in a way i just saw the frank zappa documentary and maybe he had some of this but in such an asshole way i was really i mean sorry zappa fans the, the, <laughs> No, don't worry. I don't know how many Zappa heads listen to there's this no, show. There's not a ton tuned in right now. Don't worry. He is <laughs> insufferable. Um, <laughs> Let us pray, well. Anyway, but where Ian's uh, music is obviously so strong, but um, that he's really, I think, powerful based on his his impact is not only musical, but is the reasoning behind it. 
and the idea, you know, of course there was independent record labels before Ian, there was even independent record labels in the sixties, but they were based on the idea of like, uh, you know, consumer making money. And so, um, or, you know, in, in the punk days, like you couldn't get, you wanted to make a record because how else do you exist? The idea of DIY, you know, that had maybe existed before him. Of course it did. But, um, but the way that he was able to, through his music and through his action and his choices, to uh, detail, present this, this sort of philosophy that I certainly pick up, picked up on, you know. And, and, Same. And, but it was very clear. It was very easy to understand, too. That's yeah. the thing. It's, it's really – I think that's the beauty of all of that stuff. It's really not that complicated. Much like the Four Dummies book series. Exactly, exactly. How to, how to not do drugs and still be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm exactly, dude thing is that took me a while to kind of wrestle with was you know and i think in the coming up in the straight edge scene which is obviously so so um badass you know influenced <laughs> by by his you know his making this amazing band that was so good mm-hmm. and connecting this this idea of uh you know for his own you know not he wasn't i don't think he was trying to spark some movement you know i think he would say certainly that he wasn't but that um that ideal that's being presented is that um you know you have to glean the parts of it that that work for you you know uh having a tour bus was like an embarrassment you know and so that was because it was such a sign of of uh corporate power but having a tour bus fucking rules it's Mm -hmm. awesome (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I, it's life changing. If, if touring is your job, that's the only way to do it, you know, but I, yeah, I think by the time, you know, by the time Jason and I were, were, you know, that the the sellout word still existed, but it's completely evaporated now. It's not a thing that exists. And I think it's just waned over time. And I think that like, you know, making money as a musician at this point, and I'm sure you've learned this over the years with, you know, licensing deals and all the different shit you've done like you that's how you do it you know what i mean if, if, if a rival school song is in a is in a you know chrysler commercial like you're, you're good for two years you know it's like it really course, matters sure. i wish i wish they would call you know it's ironic <laughs> if uh a couple yeah maybe a couple of years ago uh i got a call from uh on a, on a huge license or Civ, a Civ song that i wrote the money was insane it was a, a quarter of a million dollars mm. Let's go. And I was like, holy motherfucking shit. <laughs> this mm-hmm. The whole time. Yeah, you were you were you were already ordering your Christmas goose to cook that year, weren't you? <laughs> did you did, wait, does this song or did you own it outright too? Like are you the single writer? I, I shared with I have the majority share. So Okay, okay. Well, I feel like you're about to say about how you didn't get the half a, a quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> so that's like <laughs> I just see that figure. I'm like, holy shit. And then I read it, read it more carefully. The only catch is that it's for Kentucky fried chicken. <laughs> you know, I wrote a letter, try to sound, you know, run an email back. It's like, I appreciate the offer, but, uh, but we, uh, it's not something we can do right now. They wrote back and they said, I'm just curious why you, uh, yeah, what's wrong with you? <laughs> was, was money not enough? Ooh. Oh my God! You could have gotten three hundred, you know. But but oh. and and your wife is looking at that email like you son of a bitch. And, and <laughs> yeah, so that's I, like. And I wrote back, no, the money is actually really good, 
But, um, you know, I'm a, veg- I'm a vegetarian. The guys in the band are vegetarian. Just don't, don't feel comfortable having our song used in, in advertising, you know, chicken. And yet the, the guy did never responded again. He didn't respond. You know, he's just, you're a fucking loser, dude. I'm not- yeah, I would have just wrote back, we're, we're a Popeye's household. I'm so sorry. We can't accept this offer. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're not going to be able to do that. <laughs> I wish I did that. <laughs> that well, this But this reminds me of, of, of I, I remember getting a Civ guitar pick and a bag of Doritos, which I'm sure you remember know. doing that deal. Interesting. Doritos is a good company. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I remember being like, I remember that being like a thing. People are like, yo, did you see there's a Civ guitar pick in Doritos? And even when I was that young, I was like, that seems pretty cool to me. I don't know what the big deal is. It was shifting and it's interesting, you know, uh, in those days, if you're in like, um, it coming up in the scene we came up in, you know, the, the venues are small, but if you can make a seven inch and you could sell it for a certain amount of money, A, you could potentially get someone to make this record for you and you could make enough money to get yeah. down and stuff like that. But as, you know, Nirvana hits and bands start getting yanked out of the, out of that world, the people that are left behind fucking hate you. So uh, obviously that change is going to create this sort of uh, sellout friction until all the, the ones that from that scene, you know, get the offers that they're waiting for, you know, as record sales, you know, become eliminated, Napster era and all that kind of stuff. Where the fuck are you going to get money to run, run your game? Fucking you know? Doritos. That's where you're going to get it. And the Doritos thing was, was early. So then, uh, and the people that were cool were in the scene, writing fanzines, booking shows, etc. These are the kinds of people that, um, eat Doritos. Either or get hired by. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Walter, are you more of a nacho cheesier or a cool ranch fella? I'm also vegan, so I don't fuck with Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, Doritos, they're a very good company. I do not fuck with them at all. They're great. Frito Lay is a great company. Okay, I would support all. Of- okay, Walter. Let's say you're going to eat like a Whole Foods version of the Doritos, maybe a late July brand tortilla chip that uses a vegan <laughs> spice blend. Are we a Cool Ranch or are we a Nacho Cheesier? I'm gonna. It's a kind of a. I'm. I'm gonna Mitt Romney this one. I'm gonna take both. <laughs> Yeah, as a as an elder vegetarian person who's who's come up through all of the the fake meat world, you know where where do you stand on on like the Impossible Burger and and fake cheeses and ice creams and all that stuff? I've the vegan ice creams are uh, amazing, mm-hmm. uh, but I just got my blood work done and my cholesterol's a little higher than uh, I mean it's just a teeny teeny bit, mm-hmm. and I think it's because I've been eating beyond beef sausages <laughs> and i haven't been questioning it but you know these motherfucking things are not healthy for you yeah, like, yeah, yeah. i'm 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 known as anti-beyond i don't i just feel like it's not good for you i like the idea of walter's doctor looking at the chart and being like all right how, how many how many vegan sausages have we been putting down be honest <laughs> I, that's my own diagnosis you know like uh and i and it's funny like must have, the doctor must have just thought it was weird. It's like, you know, what do you think about these Beyond products? I'm having the same conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like, you know, putting my nose up at uh, Beyond products because uh, I like them. Because they have ad- they have advertisements and they could possibly license a song for those advertisements. I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, we want to go beyond a quarter of a million. <laughs> yeah, we want to go beyond a quarter of a million. Before we let you go, 
You know, last time we spoke, you you did give us an amazing dancing story that I would feel bad if we didn't share with our listenership. So if you could if you could just walk us through your experience with the legend, uh, that would be that would make us just tickle us to death. You know, Quicksand opened for Danzig um, in Buffalo. He his uh, stage setup was for basically for Madison Square Garden. <laughs> <laughs> The Skull, uh, you know, if, for those who aren't familiar with Danzig, he was the singer of the band The Misfits and uh, really cool kind of comic book uh, aesthetic in all of his work. And it's a sort of, it's just fun. It's sort of like, you know, the Kiss meets the Ramones, I, I, I would. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good, that's actually a very good description of that. I agree. As a, as a, you know, so imagine if Kiss has to play like this kind of roadhouse in Buffalo. The Horn of the Skull is almost hitting the lighting uh, mm. trestle. And um, we're, we're cramming 10 pounds of production in a five pound sausage is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I'm backstage and we're kind of our backstage room, of course, you know, just like the typical, the, the just like mwah, assholeness <laughs> where you just put the, the opening band who you could give a flying fuck about in the like closet where you keep your road cases. That was our backstage <laughs> we're staying in there with all these like road cases and there's this one road case open with these like uh four sort of cylinder kind of things sticking out of it we're just standing there like, wondering what the fuck is this uh and then and then this uh you know kind of mistress of the night comes in and throws <laughs> these boots on it and it's uh Erie Vaughn's boot warmer <laughs> Gary Vaughn comes in for his boots and just, you know, talks to us and just like, you know, how one talks to, uh, you know, sort of like when you're a, a medieval. Yes, addressing. Thing. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. You're just saying whatever bullshit comes to your mind to the little loser. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, what you say to them really doesn't matter. You have no power over whether mm-hmm. things go way or the other. And um, so, but we were just graced by his presence. Danzig's nowhere to be seen. And he just rolls out and just like, babes, two of them, one on either side. I swear one of them was a redhead. The other one was like a viciously brunette Mm -hmm. babes Mm -hmm. and some other just like blank, you know, kind of like a henchman behind him doing like all kinds of cool shit uh, the whole time and just came out, rocked the stage. And uh, he was amazing, but it was just cool to watch. Like, um, you know, in Spinal Tap, like the early shows of the Spinal Tap tour, they're kind of good. You know what I mean? Like Danzig was kind of at that level. I think Danzig does have a sense of humor for sure in, in playing with the cliches of, of what he does. But as, as a, all short guys do. Yeah. So as <laughs> I was expecting this fucking just asshole rock star and without him doing anything to me, that was humiliating. He really delivered. He was awesome. He deserves it. He played uh Madison garden with misfits, uh, uh, last year, and I went to the show. Yeah, and it was fucking awesome to see him living in the in in the venue that he always pictured himself. Mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. it was very cool. damn. That is that is poetic. Danzig realized, you know, Danzig and not, fully realized. It was good to see, and you know, everybody in that room and people that are bigger Misfit fans than I was experiencing it all together in this massive, mm. you know place it was fucking awesome and poetic and uh and so having had that experience back then to seeing it actually full circle oh it was it was yeah i I can't wait i can't wait for the hbo biopic on danzig who who is gonna play him 
You know, like the behind the candelabra. Oh, that's a great, oh great question. I don't know. I, I mean, he's gonna, he's gonna, whoever it is is gonna have to fucking beef up, man. He's gonna. Yeah, have- Steve Buscemi is gonna have to start doing some creatine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Walter, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's a pleasure to chat with you. Guys, go check out all, all of his work. Uh, it's easily available on the internet. Uh, years He's given us years and years and years of music. It's all worth checking out. And if you work at a creative agency that books music for commercials, choose one of his band's songs. He will gladly sell out as long as you maintain a vegan or a vegetarian uh, friendly product. <laughs> Draw the line at chicken commercial. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. Copy that. We all have we all have a line, Walter. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. God bless you. Later, bro. Bye bye. Bye bye.